Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagian, by far. He was my favorite player. Of all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk black. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Good Guys Talk Back, number 31. We're recording on... Wednesday, July 17th, 2019. Uh, This, of course, is your Chicago White Sox podcast. Everything fan-centric, blue-collar. I am Nick Morawski. With me, as always, is Jeff Julian. Hello, sir. Hello. This, (laughs) oh, mama, have we got some stuff to talk about. We have got... We got some topics teed up, yeah. and we got a couple of teed off mm-hmm. hosts here, so yeah. we should get into it. And I'm just off already because we're, you know, we're recording this episode as the Sox are playing here, Game Three, and uh, you know we'll probably be checking in on the score from time to time. Sox are already losing two nothing uh, in the first, so it's just I'm off. You folks are off. The wheels I, are coming yeah, off. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So before we go any further, though, we wanted to revisit um, a discussion we had at the end of episode 30 last week, just trying to predict where this team uh, can go after the All-Star break uh, with the Oakland series, the Kansas City series and the upcoming Rays series. Um, It's rough. And I wanted you to uh, revisit that with us. These these could be ten of the most important games managed by Renneria in this season, and and the ten most important games that this team plays. Yeah, I, I say two out of three from Oakland, three out of four at Kansas City, and I say one out of three um, in Tampa. So I say winning record. Boy, uh, seven and three would be pretty. Seven awesome. and three would be nice. I mean, I'm, if you I'm, could, yeah. if you could do that. You're 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 sitting right there, and you took games away from two teams in front of you in yeah. the in the wild card yeah. race. Wow! Uh, oh wow! Um, yeah, we, what do you what do you even say about that? Uh, well, the, at first, that might be the most delusional uh, audio ever committed to the to the podcast yeah. art form. Yeah. Ever possibly. Yeah, I, I it goes back to when we were hemming and hawing over the uh the glove color of Manny Machado when he, he released the black and white <laughs> well, glove. Okay. The Rawlings glove and we were freaking out that it was a, an omen for the White Sox. Uh, that was bad audio too. That did not age well. <laughs> and those predictions didn't age well uh either. Um to, and, and to me it's less about the prediction and and more about what we set up as mm-hmm. the argument, which is yeah. coming out of the break, two games under 500, this team had a chance to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those in those 10 games in particular sort of laid out this opportunity to be competitive while you were still competitive for the wild card and a chance for the team, for the for Renteria to to, to show us something. And what have we seen so far? Yeah, nothing. I, nothing. Uh, it's it's really pathetic. Um, I saw, I saw it firsthand uh, going out to Oakland, and thanks for coming back too. Yeah. I was worried about you out there. I had to I had to come back <laughs> at least, but I just uh, you know it, you know it, it was good to rub shoulders with some folks. Uh, you know, I wanted a trip with with four other guys and it's something we've been doing for for several years and it's good to just talk White Sox baseball and for all of us to vent a little bit and uh you know it, it looked literally I mean like they didn't do anything during the break they just took uh the time off stayed away from baseball which I guess is good but boy they looked sluggish uh poor defense you know pitching was atrocious no hitting uh, whatsoever I mean Oakland always gives us fits so it wasn't a surprise that we were going to see some bad baseball, but it was, you know, the, the eye test, it was bad baseball. 
you know, uh, in all facets. Uh, and then, you know, we're talking, you know, you heard it in, on the clip. We're talking like, well, well, despite what could happen in Oakland, at least we've got Cease and, and Giolito going the first two games in Kansas City. And Kansas City's 30 games under 500. They're trying to lose. Right. They're where we were a couple of years ago. And they're like saying, here you, here you go. Just take these games from us. You know, we're, we're racing to the bottom. And we look just pathetic. And, and last night was just, you know, we're going to get to last night. But, you know, I know players, Jeff, that, you know, players go to uh, sports psychologists to get their head <laughs> right. And, you know, because the, the game is so mental. I, I need a fan uh, therapist. I need a, a psychologist. I am at that point where I, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know what else to do. I it, it, these games, man. As a fan, they're, they're ripping me apart here, especially in year three of the rebuild. This has been a brutal stretch, Ugh. and and when you think about that Tiger series that opened July, you you get rained out the one game, the first game, then you take two in the doubleheader, then you lose one, you lose to the Cubs, you 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 split with the, you ultimately split with the Cubs, then you take the break. But man, in the last ten games, they're they're three and seven. I mean, yeah. this is a this is not the way to start July. And then, you know, we looked at that 10 game clip and mm-hmm. they're, they're all, they lost five in a row now and they're off to another banner start here tonight against the Royals. Mm-hmm. And Hey, as soon as you finish up with the Royals, get ready because here come the damn Tampa Bay Rays and they're a problem too. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so mm-hmm. I, I think the, the setup that we talked about, which is what did though, what, what could happen in these 10 games? And clearly we were way overly optimistic. Sure. Yeah. And we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more later about whether we were being realistic mm-hmm. and what are the realistic expectations sure. of yeah. this team. Yeah. But I still stand by the premise that we put out there, which was these are meaningful games. These might be the most meaningful games that this team plays. And they didn't, they so far, halfway through these 10 games, they've not passed the test. Right. Uh, you know, it's the dog days of summer in a certain respect. All teams uh, are going to go through this throughout uh, a season. But y- you tend to, to look at the teams that are ready to compete. Uh, when they come out of the All Star break, they're ready to go. Uh, they've got an objective, they're refocused. And the, the you know, these 2019 socks just very disappointing. Uh, so the state of the socks, here we go. Not good. I mean, 42 and 49 pending uh, what happens uh, tonight. Game three in Kansas City, 10 game back of the wild card race. So if you were looking at that number and you were thinking, oh, you know, weirder things have happened. Say goodbye to the wild card race right now, unless this team goes on some kind of ridiculous right. run. Right. Uh, but if they continue to like grab a few wins, lose a few, gra- no, 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 they they can't stay at 500 and, and think they're even going to sniff the wild card. Zero um, and five since the All Star break, seven runs in five games, and they've been outscored 37 to seven. Wow. Okay, so how did how did we get here? That's how you got here. Yep. Yep. I mean, an, an offense that was you know middle of the pack maybe slightly above middle of the pack doing pretty well in terms of average runs uh, scored per game and again it looked like they completely went away from baseball uh and then have tried to like restart themselves uh, <laughs> yeah. against a good oakland team which is tough and, and it's a head scratcher in kansas city we've made uh, both of the Royals starters uh, look like Cy Young contenders. I mean, 11 to nothing last night against the Royals. Yeah. And, and you know, and the real dagger is uh, Jimenez getting hurt in the first inning, collides with Tilson. Uh, he's, you know, he left the game. He, he had to be shipped back to Chicago to, you know, to get an MRI. And, and that came out uh, today that he's got some sort of, you know, elbow, you know, contusion, a nerve issue. He's placed on the 10-day IL. He might be out for two weeks. From all I'm gathering and reading, it could be worse. It could have been a season ending. God forbid a Tommy Hahn moment where he needed to have... <laughs> 
you know, reconstructive surgery We've had on, enough his, of those. on his on his arm. It could be worse, but what we what you know, Jeff and I talked about before we uh, we went live here is it removes at bats for Aloy. You know, he he is not able to get his at bats now, and and these bats in this first full year are critical. Yeah, he needs to play. He needs to hit the ball. He needs to continue to get experience in the field and at this level and. Every day that he's not playing Major League Baseball is is a day that puts him behind the curve uh, in terms of being a meaningful, productive player for this team, which yeah. everybody believes he's going to be for yeah. many years to come. And, and it's the second injury in left field, uh, and both injuries could have been prevented. I, you know, I, you hate to you hate to say that as an armchair quarterback, and and but. When you when you think about it, it's that learning curve because he he just is still learning the ways of left field, uh, which is weird to say it for a major league baseball player. He's still learning the angles of different stadiums, but you know center fielder's the captain, and you know they just obviously didn't hear each other. But Tilson ended up making the play. He was more aggressive because, you know, Aloy, in my mind, and when you hear from other baseball folks, he is supposed to give way to that center fielder. Okay, so injured twice now in this season. When he comes back, do you say to him, hey, listen, you ultimately are an outfielder for us, but for the rest of this season, we want you to split time or play more DH than you were before because we want to keep you healthy. Mm-hmm. We want to get you at bats. Yeah. And frankly, who who the heck do the Sox have that's that that would be in front of him at the DH position anyhow? No one no one has batted well for them in DH oh, all all season. Yeah, DH so is a, just a black hole. Let him keep working on his hitting uh, which I mean he's already a great hitter but let's keep him getting at bats. Uh, and and split time between DH and 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 outfield. Yeah, it's a real you know it's a confusing um, it's a confusing argument. It makes your head spin uh, because he's here for his bat, but you also would hope that he could be a more than serviceable left fielder. Right. Uh, and so okay, so if you don't want to commit him just to DH, well then he needs to be out there practicing. And I know he's working on his game. We've heard he's working, you know, with Daryl Boston, uh, you know, before a game, you know, doing as best as he can. And he's been throwing leather around recently. You know, he. he, he but yeah. if you if you paid attention after he came back from that ankle injury. He was very tentative. He was nervous. It almost looked like to to run down any fly balls or to be too aggressive, wondering how his body was going to be yeah. was was going to respond. And that's my concern coming back now from this uh, this this nerve in his arm in a couple weeks. Is he going to be very conservative? And in the back of his head, he's going to be saying, "I don't know if I want to lay out for that. I don't know if I'm going to give it a hundred percent." Because I don't want to end up on the DL or season-ending injury again. That's why I'm saying maybe he plays more games at at DH. Keep him out of the field. Keep him healthy. And let him keep hitting the ball. He needs the at-bats. Yeah, for sure. But who who do you put in left field? Those are the questions that makes... This is why this is very difficult to... you know. I I don't want to say that he's going to be a permanent DH. But I want him to get the at-bats. I feel like he can... You know, he can get a lot of outfield coaching. I know it's that in-game situations, but he can get coached up. Ah, man, I, it just really burns me, and, and I feel bad for the guy, you know, because we know the presence that he brings. He's like Anderson, you know. He, he, he's he got an attitude yeah, that sure. just brings everybody up, and, and the clubhouse is better for them around. Uh, and you want him to have a, you know, a complete season, a complete yeah, first for sure. season. For uh, sure. But you want that experience. And hopefully yeah, it's does. only two weeks. You know, he could come back for his bobblehead day because um, that would be weird. <laughs> Radon was out for his bobblehead right. day. And then right. Aloy is going to be out for his potentially. Abreu is the only one who's survived his bobblehead day so far. Right, exactly. <laughs> These, uh, this is where my mind goes. Right. That's why I need to go see a therapist. Or did, a psychologist. Not, did did Ricky really say that was an ugly one? Yeah. After? Okay. <laughs> that was his comment. That's okay. That worries me a little bit because I've been very pro Ricky. I've been very pro Ricky, and his comment after eleven to nothing beat down is boy, that was an ugly one. In in I was thinking about that today. 
in terms of, okay, you take, you go get swept in Oakland, then you mm-hmm. come into Kansas City, and hey, playing on the road is playing on the road, but Kansas City, as we said at the time, 30 games under 500. Yeah. You should be able to go in there, and you should beat this team. Yeah. You're the better team. You should beat this team. So you lose the first one, fine. Then you get your brains beat in 11 to nothing. And what I wondered today is who is the player that would be in the locker room saying, what the F, what are we doing out there? This cannot happen. And you know, it's not coming from, from Ricky. Ricky's not going to do that. You know, is it Anderson? And, and I don't know if Anderson's traveling with the team or not, but it's hard for a player who's not playing to be that guy in Mm -hmm. that moment because you're hurt. You're not, you're still a part of the team, but you're not, but somebody needs to go in and, and, you know, collectively grab this team Mm -hmm. by the, the collar and say, yeah. Hey, this can't happen. We're better than this. Yeah. And, and we, we can't get beat 11, nothing by an inferior baseball team. Yeah. And you know, let me ask a serious question and I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to this and I don't even know if it matters, but it would be, it would be a Brayu. Is there a language barrier that would prevent maybe a Brayu from feeling like he is going to speak up? I don't know if that's the case. I, I certainly think that he probably he he I'm sure he could do it, but but that's never seemed to be his style of leadership, right? Uh, 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 he doesn't seem speak softly, carry a big bat, right. literally He's not and the figuratively. Fiery guy, yeah. right? And so I I think you need the the hothead, the the Prasinski type or the Aussie type to to go uh. in and say this has got to stop, yeah. and that's what. That's what worries me about. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that that worry me about this stretch of games when you when you talk about Ricky as a manager and just his mm-hmm. team in general. And I know we're yeah. going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to get we're going to get to uh, that in a but, bit. But this is concerning. Uh-huh. And now you wonder: Is this the beginning? Right? If 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 July starts this kind of slide, then what does this team look like? In August mm-hmm. and in and in early September, because you're really you're really starting to to feel it slip away. Yeah, uh, you know, I was watching the post game uh, last night, and folks, if you watched uh, the post game of last night's game, good for you. I mean, that's how you know you're ready to just. <laughs> go down uh, with the ship uh, with this team because after 11 nothing game the last thing I wanted to do was watch the post game but you know I, I just I can't it's like a car crash I got to continue to watch and Gian you know was on the post game and, and when he heard that uh, Renteria's comments were simply like that was an ugly one Gian you know his eyebrows shot up and he's kind of said that's it that's all he said you know you wouldn't have been able to print what I would have said. And, and of course, it's different styles. It's different personalities. But that's what I think we loved about Gian is he wore his passion on his sleeve like a hawk. Um, you knew where he stood and he would light players. He just fired people up. You know, he threw a lot of people under the bus, but he fired people up. And that's my concern about Renshaw. There's more other things, as you, you as you said, that we'll, we'll get to in a bit. But it's an ugly start uh, post All-Star break. Uh, extremely ugly. Uh, speaking of ugly, you had put something up on the um, on the Facebook page yesterday <laughs> of, yes. of the times uh, when the Sox wore their shorts back in the seventies. They 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 wore shorts for three games, and tomorrow's high in Kansas City is ninety nine degrees. Yeah. Do you break the shorts out as just kind of like a slump buster? <laughs> totally. What? what? <laughs> and I'm not saying, like, I'm just thinking, take scissors to the gray traveling pants. That's fine. And just cut yourself you get the, some jersey shorts. You get the commemorative Chris Sale scissors out of the... <laughs> right, they're in a shadow box somewhere. <laughs> right. You pull those out. You cut the cut the pants into shorts. You got to do something. You, yeah. you have to do something. Well, here, okay. It's going to be, if you lose tonight... Yeah. Maybe we'll drive out to Kansas City. We can cut the shorts ourselves for the team. Something's got to give. This is this is the thing that I think if they're not if they're not going to do the jersey shorts, which that that might not happen, but I think Renteria has to go managerial mustache. It's time. He just has to say the goatee's not working. I'm going to just give everybody <laughs> so what they've wanted and they've been calling for. 
the managerial mustache. There's a lot that's not working. I wish it was <laughs> only I wish it was only the lack of a mustache that that wasn't working for me with the with this season and with and with Renneria. Let, let let's get to what you set up last week and we didn't yeah. get to but well, now yeah. I think is it, really pertinent. Is yeah. So going into um the the post all-star break uh i had a feeling this this season could go three different ways Uh, this team was trending kind of in three avenues and there was a lot of chatter on Sox twitter and on social media and you know one of the lanes i thought uh and, and and now it's starting to change and shift but there's that win now you know there's always going to be that that fan base and that mentality of hey we're we're still only seven games under 500 and you know the trade deadline's coming up it's one hard date it's not a you know sprinkling that you know there's other deals that can be made into august uh you know we've got some guys that we might be able to 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 shift or move or trade for especially in the farm system let's try to win now um the second avenue is just enjoy this time enjoy the improvement you know we're better than we were last year uh this rebuild continues to progress um, enjoy what McCann's been doing. Enjoy the All Star uh, Giolito and enjoy Mancada's success. Uh, just hey, just kind of like let it bathe over you, okay? Know that this isn't our time yet, and just enjoy. the The other avenue is, is prepare aggressively, prepare for 2020 and beyond. Meaning, you you're going to be active at the trade deadline, not necessarily to win now but to maybe know that you can sign that player for the next few years, or it's a friendly contract and we can have that player, uh, hopefully a starting pitcher uh, for the next few years. You're starting to position yourself. If you see what I'm saying to see where you could be uh, at 2020, 2021. Um, and, and those are where we're at right now. And, and that could mean what's going to happen with column a, what, what's, what could happen with column a is a lot different than what we thought going into the all-star break. You know, if you're sitting one, two, three games under 500 and it's late August, well, you know, you really, you know, the column A situation is difficult right now. And so is the McCann. And you have thoughts on both of those. But I'm right now, I guess, you know, sitting where, we're, where we are, I'm in the just, just enjoy the improvement, you know. Yeah, I, I see that. I as you were laying out the three possibilities, I I started to wonder: is it possible for it to be all three? And mm, interesting. And, and only saying that in that you, I feel like with this team, you you always at least at least right now you have to have the long term view mm-hmm. in, in play, right? Yeah. Knowing knowing where they're at, knowing where they where they were and knowing where you hope they'll end up, you got to have that long-term view, right? But I do also think that let's enjoy the improvement. Absolutely. Before this slide, they were two games under 500, yeah. and they were yeah. maybe uh, 20 games better than they were the previous uh, year at right. that point, something Correct. along those lines. Yeah. It, was, it, it, was, it was a big enough improvement yeah. that, it was, that it was noticeable. But because they were where they were at, and because they were playing relatively well, I do think you can also take moments within a season and judge the players and the managers for the work that they're doing in that moment. And that's what I liked about where they were at the break and what was laid out in front of them and to say, mm-hmm. okay, here's your, here's your chance. Show yeah. us something. You got a set of games that present you with chance to move up in the wild card and a chance to beat up on uh, not just a division bottom dweller, not just an American league bottom dweller, but one of the worst teams in, in the league. Yeah. So, so here, take this stretch of games and show us where you're at and, yeah. and show us what kind of team you are and manage this team around this series of games. So I do think, now, where they're at and where they're probably going to be at the end of this month, you do got to start preparing for 2020 and beyond. You do got to move some guys. You've got to you got to make hay with Kalame and maybe McCann if you can. And then, but I do think, hey, they're they're better than they were last yeah. year. Now, 
do I think they're trending up? I don't know. I think they're better than they were last year, but I'm not sure that the arrow isn't just somewhere between up mm-hmm. and down, that it's not well, flat. The, the, these last two games against Kansas City is what worries me the most. Right, um, right. With Giolito, and I get it. It's Cease's second major league start. I get that. He's going to be struggling a little bit. But to give him zero run support, uh, come on. You and know. two pretty bad errors right right out of yeah. the gate. I mean, three total for the team. Uh, I still think McCann stays on this team and he's going to be around next year. Um, well, and, and what we talked about before is when the Cubs traded for Maldonado. Yeah. Traded, traded Montgomery right, for, right, for, right, right, for right. Maldonado. It was that scenario that we were waiting for, right? An important catcher. Gets injured Correct. on a on a contending yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, you had Here's an opportunity that. Yeah. to 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 make a trade. And what we wondered is, mm-hmm. would McCann have been on the, uh, you know, been movable for the White mm-hmm. Sox, and uh, would he have netted more than 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 Montgomery because he's because he's I think he's playing better than than Maldonado. We we, we didn't do a side by side of the right. Two. Well, yeah, I I think McCann McCann just is a guy that uh, you know. Uh, has been playing so well, and I think we haven't had a solid catcher for so long that you, you don't even want to toy with it unless it's an unbelievable move. And, and Han said today, uh, you know, this isn't like an exact quote, but the move, if we were to move somebody, a team would just have to completely wow us, okay, which is a different stance than they were a couple of years ago, where it doesn't have to be a Floria, you know, knock you over type of deal. It's I could see that person down the road uh, being a part of this team. The guy we have right now is, is clearly not going to be around. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, where the Sox are and hoping that 2020 is going to be a competitive year, we want somebody that is cl- closer to the big leagues, you know, not just an A-ball guy. Um, so I, I think you need to start trimming the fat, you know, I, Castillo, I think, is going to be coming back soon. Why? Uh, you know, uh, get rid of him, uh, you know, in some kind of gentle way. I- I'd like to see, you know, Collins get more at-bats. I'd like to see maybe, you know, Mendick come up and, and, and see what we have in him. Uh, maybe even Sebi Zavala. Uh, you know, see what you have. And, and I don't necessarily want to wait till September I'd like to see right now because that's that's where we're at right now in terms of losing you know the first five and I know they could bounce back but ten games out of the wild card kiss that goodbye yeah for you sure know, you know and I know you put a you put a poll out yeah, on Twitter I did talking about who was going to be the first yeah, to yeah, fall yeah, yeah. Renneria um, Don Cooper Todd Steverson yeah and. I didn't want to steal your thunder on yeah. the poll, but I did want to bring it back to to the manager side yeah, yeah. because I do feel like with with Ricky, one of the one of the excuses we've given to him as we've tried to decide can you evaluate him or not mm-hmm. as a manager, right? Uh, is the talent there to truly evaluate him as a manager? One of the things that we've said is, well, the pitching staff has been decimated by injuries. This isn't the ideal staff that the team thought they would right, have, right. and so that is a that's one thing in his favor when you mm-hmm. evaluate him that, yeah. that the pitching staff has not been as good but I'm not so sure about that and so mm-hmm. when I you know one of the one of the stats or or numbers that you can judge a pitcher by as well as a team by is quality starts mm-hmm. right yeah so I wanted to get a sense of how many quality starts have the White Sox gotten thus far this season and where that ranks and so when I look that up, if you look just at the American League, 15 teams, there are 10 in quality starts with 31. But the American League average is 30 quality starts. Uh-huh. So it's not as if they've completely underachieved in in that in that metric. So I don't know if we can say that uh, we have to take the pitching off the table when we evaluate Renteria as as a manager and when we evaluate his managing thus far this season. Well, I mean, thanks for, uh, you know, you got to control me this episode because I'm all over the place. You know, I'm seeing red. Um, so, yeah, I, I set up a Twitter poll and it, the, the question was simply, who do you think will fall first? Yeah. Uh, who's going to get who's going to get canned first? And not literally like who might fall in the dugout first. <laughs> just, 
because of bad Because we play. all know that's Cooper. Yeah, it could be the heat tomorrow could cause some problems uh, for some of these guys. Uh, Ricky Renteria, uh, Dan Cooper, and Todd Steverson, uh, the hitting coach, of course. Uh, and overwhelming, uh, you know, folks chimed in, and Ricky received 46%. Coop and Steverson uh, both received 27 uh, percent. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the manager is kind of like in, in, you know, in the NFL, a head coach, you know, they're going to take a lot of the blame. But what I'm looking at is like, you know, Cooper's been around forever. He's been around since 2002. And, you know, I'm looking at some of these team ERAs and nothing's wowing me over the last few years. And I know we're in the rebuild and, and like, you know, how much are you patient with? This isn't a, a Ricky guy, you know, uh, this is, you know, the guy that's been around forever. Uh, you know, right now the team's got a five fourteen ERA and yep. that's bottom five in all of baseball. Absolutely. Yep. Um, a guy like Todd Steverson, who's been around since 2014, he's not a Ricky guy. Okay, you know, he was he was here during the Ventura days and I'm looking at team averages during Steverson's run. I mean, we we were 16th in the league, 22nd, 13th, 15th, 22nd. And now, you know, we're we're standing, you know, 13th in the league with a 255 average. I mean, during Steverson's run, you know, the average is 251. Okay, that's what basically he's been giving us, and that ranks about 17th, you know, uh, in baseball. I mean, those don't wow me. You know, it's like. But doesn't Steverson get a pass for the hot start? I mean, he does. He does. Doesn't he get some credit for that? He does. They they really were out of the gate. I just I don't know about hating coaches. I'm I'm much more likely to believe that a pitching coach has influence on the pitchers because I feel like there's more game planning there and there's more there, you know, the, there's the, the defensive pieces of it. And there's just the, the working on this pitch and that pitch. I feel like that with, with the hitting coach, I'm not saying it's not an important job, but I just feel like seasoned hitters. I don't feel like Todd Steverson is making a huge impact on what Jose Abreu is doing. Yeah, You're right. So, you're right. You're right. But, you know, I think you have to look at some of these other, uh, you know, these other pieces. And, you know, I. OK, fine. But what tell me to me, I feel like bringing up Cooper and Steverson is just dancing around the real issue here, which is Ricky Renteria. And do you think be now that you've these these five games out of the break? How do you feel about about his managing? Not good. I, you know, I think, you know, I don't know what's going into every single decision. And, you know, I, I don't hear every justification from him. But the response I got from from last night's 11 to nothing beatdown uh, was pretty pathetic, uh, apathetic. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to get a little bit more fire. And I. I wonder if he's hiding behind the we're not expected to win, so I'm not really going to – I don't need to get too heated up. And that could be a problem. You know, I mean, Cooper, I think, is a Reinsdorf guy, and we all know about Reinsdorf guys. They stick around forever. That's why Kenny Williams will die in his office at Sox Park. He's not going anywhere unless he wants to go somewhere. You know, is Coop just has this, you know, free pass where he's going to be a lifetime Chicago White Sox pitching coach until he decides to leave? At what point do you say enough is enough? We got young players here and there's new technology out there. Are you using all of this stuff to help some of these guys get better? This is just like baseball hell, baseball <laughs> evaluation hell. You know, I seriously, I don't know. I don't know what the standard is for this team. And and it's very similar to to Renteria too. When you look at the teams he's managed as as the manager, not you know as a coach or you know interim, the teams he's managed, they they've not been very good. Although that the Cubs team that he managed before Madden came in is is in a lot of, is pretty. It, it's I don't want to say they're they're apples to apples but they're similar teams they were really talented teams with young guys that were getting ready to come around and i just i don't know what to think of this guy and and i don't know i don't know that we can wait 
for this team to get good so then we can judge him and say, oh, and, and then find out, well, with a good team, actually, he's not very good. Well, that that's true. I mean, you don't want to pass up on a quality manager, um, you know, this coming off season just to find out that, you know, when all the pieces are in place, Ricky doesn't have any clue what's going on. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. Everything you hear is that his baseball IQ is off the charts. You know, you, you just don't hear about all the drama. You, you hear nothing, you know, uh, it, but is that good? You know, a steady Eddie, is, is that good? Do you want somebody to be shaking things up and, and getting experimental? The other thing is Renteria can only play the guys that are being brought up. Yeah, but that, okay, that's fine. But this is not a bad team. This is not a collection of minor league players. You've got, you've got Jose Abreu, who's one of the stars of the game, and one of the... This team has three all-stars on okay. it. This team has Listen. three all-stars on it. And possibly somebody, Moncada is, Moncada and Anderson played first halves that at some point, you, especially Anderson, at some point you thought he was going to be an all-star. Okay. McCann is Correct. off the charts. Abreu is off the charts. Giolito is, is probably the pitcher of the first half of the season. You've got two young stars that are, that were playing Really well in, yeah. in in Mancata in in and in Eloy. So you can't tell me, oh well, this is this this team isn't very good. The, the, the collection of players isn't very good. Renneria is managing up a hill. I, what's what's I the biggest? What's the biggest problem? We 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 constantly text back and forth on that we comment on over and over throughout this season. What's what's been the biggest one of the biggest problems with this team? Uh, in, inconsistency. In what? In, in in just about it's everything. It's in pitching for sure. Well, for, okay. It's in pitching. That's why I say you got to look at Don Cooper. And you might think I'm crazy for saying that, and it's sacrilegious to look at Don Cooper. I'm just saying you got to look at him. Okay, so, so okay, you change Don Cooper. Are, are are you all of a sudden, you know, back in contention for the for for the wild card? Again, I think with managers, like you brought this up, sometimes with coaches, managers, you're not necessarily, you know, setting the foundation. For, you're setting the foundation for the future, not necessarily trying to change something right now. This may not be a good team, but this is not a bad team either. And and it's somewhere in between good and bad. And to me, that's where you manage. That's that's where those three to five games, three three to five wins a year that you can attribute to a really good manager. That's where that managing takes place. It doesn't Look, take place if you're um, a ninety to hundred loss team. It might not take place if you're a ninety to hundred win team because your talent's that good. But we're somewhere in the middle there, and that's where the managing takes place. And I don't feel like we've seen it from him. Well. You know, the rest of this Kansas City series, uh, the Tampa Bay series, um, you know, Mets, Twins and Marlins in reverse order and in the homestand, you know, you're going to get your wish to see what happens uh, as we talked about the first 20 off out of the break. Uh, are they going to make a decision? I don't think they're going to make a decision at you know during the season, and I really think Ricky's going to stay because we're also talking about the Sox as an organization. This is a team that kept Ventura as a manager for five sure, years, sure. you know. But and, that doesn't mean that we can't practically analyze it. I, no, I, I I agree with you. I just, just I I think I'm, I'm still waiting for at least three quality pitchers to be in that rotation and pretty solid up the middle of what you want to look like for the next few years, a healthy team that is supposed to be a quote unquote contending team. And then let's see what Ricky does with it. I agree with you coming out of the coming out of the all-star break infuriating Owen five lifeless, not hitting. I mean, yes, Steverson gets a pass because of the beginning of this season, but you know, it, it were so easy to just like throw Ricky under the bus and say this guy doesn't have any business being here. I'm not saying throw him under the bus, but I'm saying judge him according to the talent that he has. And yes, this pitching staff is not the pitching staff we thought it was, but he's got an all-star number one on this team, and he's gotten some decent starts out of Lopez and out of Nova. Not and mm. neither have been great, but yeah. he's got some quality starts out of them. And this, the offensive side of this team, this is a this is a, a pretty a pretty darn good team. They can hit the ball, and so 
I'm just saying he needs to be judged based on the talent he has. And and frankly, you're right. The record's going to tell us they've dug themselves a nice hole coming out of the all-star break. And they've really put pressure on, on that nine game homestand. Uh, you're you're going to, you're, you're going to really have you, to, you're, you're going to have to win. You're going to have to go um, six and three on that, on that nine game homestand to, to keep yourself sitting near 500. Yeah, and and record is record, and, and you know we talk uh, episode after episode how on one hand we're staring at the record, we're always talking about the record, but does it what does it really mean? It's how you get to that record, and uh, you know, I, I want it, to. It's how the team plays. If they're losing quality games, you know, five to two, eight to six, and there's things that are just out of the manager's control. You know, those are a little bit more palatable. But the way they've played post break really makes you question like, okay, Ricky's got to get this together. Now these are when these moments of it's time for me to, to get these players to rally around what I believe in. Okay. And what white Sox baseball is all about in my opinion. And if he loses those guys and this thing snowballs, then yes. Okay. That's it. That's it. You know, what, what have we seen, you know, in, in all sports, it's, it's phenomenal. It just happened this past year in the NHL. The St. Louis Blues get rid of their coach, their their head coach, and they go around and they win the Stanley Cup final. You know, it's happened in other teams. It's happened in baseball where a manager has been let go in midseason and players are almost like, thank God. You know, I, 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 we weren't buying into what that manager, that coach was selling. They checked out, right. and, and, and a new guy comes in. And it's just that's the difference maker. I don't think that's the case necessarily here. I'm just, I don't think so yet. I'm struggling either. to find the the proper way to say what to to analyze what he's done so far this year. And to me, this stretch of games is the place where I will be making my opinion. You're gonna be uh, filling out your comment. I'm card. filling out my comment card, <laughs> and I'll All tell right. you, right. so far, not good. But there are. There is a silver lining, right? Yeah, it may not sil- be at the major league right. level, there, yeah. but there's a silver lining. Uh, the the silver lining is Luis Robert or Luis Robert, depending on what radio station right, or, or right. A TV outlet you listen to. Yeah. Uh, I've been hearing Robert. Um, and no, you were uh, saying Robert earlier. Yeah, I'm too. telling you, there's like a, Stephen Colbert. Like we had talked about, there's three ways that this name can go, much right. like the season. Um, but there's one thing that's indisputable about this player. I mean, he the he, numbers he can play. Oh this my. guy can this guy can play, and he's raking. Yeah, I I I, I sad to say, I just don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. Um, I think they're going to be patient with this guy. Really? I, I hate to say How it. How can they keep him at AAA with these I, kind of numbers, I, I, especially I, if the team starts to fall off? That 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 is my argument. Is if he completely demolishes AAA like he's been doing. I mean, let, let's set the table here. Through six games, okay, small sample size, but he's been tearing the cover off of all of minor league, no matter what level. You know, through six games of AAA, he's hitting 440, three home runs, nine RBIs, <laughs> and three stolen bases. <laughs> wow. Okay, and this is the guy, you know, that has been you know, struggled with some thumb injuries. He, he put that oven mitt on, and uh, I think he's, you know... <laughs> He's protecting his hand. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know he, why that struck well, he, me as funny. Well, he's just, just you know you can't take the aggression away from him. He's yeah. going to play how he plays. Yeah. But oh, put, I, yeah, yeah. Put yeah. the oven, the mitt oven on. Mitt. Yeah, Protect yeah. your protect yeah. your thumb. Uh, your sliding glove. So sorry, the the the, the Ricky rage is just yeah, coming know, out of me you, right you were, now. <laughs> you were shooting lasers at me. Um, <laughs> so I, you, you folks, you're listening to this podcast. I'm sure you've seen the videos of this guy. I mean, it's effortless. His swing is amazing. You know he's gonna he's gonna be your center fielder, your starting center fielder soon. Uh, he can run. He's he's a five tool player. Uh, but exactly, Jeff, to your to your previous point, if this team continues to fall, and even if they just tread water at five hundred, I think, and if he continues this this tear in AAA, what's good? What good is it to keep him in AAA? It's the same thing we were saying about Cease and, and yeah, Kopech. Yeah, there's no challenge. Yeah, you, you know, There's bring no point. him up so you can yeah. kind of at least get give him a taste of what Major League Baseball is yeah. all about. Yeah. Okay. In terms of what pitchers are going to throw at you, where your weak spots right. are, where your blind spots are, 
and in defense, and then you can go into the offseason and get a game plan together for 2020. Because there's no doubt that he's in center field opening day 2020. I got to think, unless they pull some kind of crazy, you know, eligibility, you know, time, we want to control you, uh, you know, for another year. Yeah, you know. but that would only be a couple of weeks, Correct. right? He, he, so, yeah. so he is your everyday center fielder. He's got to be. In, in 2020. He has so to if be. that's the case, and this team starts tanking coming out of July into August, then get him up here, get him some games, get him started, so he's got something to build on for next year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I absolutely agree. It's it's kind of what we were saying about, um, you know, we've said this with a lot of different guys. You know, Mankata spent all of last year just trying to figure out his way, you know, uh, what pitchers were going to throw at him, you know, just counts. Just He was he was fluctuating in the order. Um, and then he had this, this sample size. He had this portfolio to take with him in the off season and to study and he knew what to work on and he put the work in, man, he's, he's top 20 in all of baseball right now at a three Oh two average. Wow. I mean, what, what a difference. Yeah. Now, uh, Aloy, it's like we were calling for him, uh, in September because we kind of wanted to see if he could, you know, just get a small sample size heading into the off season. And, and he's an athlete, man. Jimenez is an athlete. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't know it by how he's been playing in left field, but <laughs> the dude can hit. He's got a high baseball IQ for hitting, and it hasn't taken him very long to figure it out and make adjustments. And in, in this small time he's been up in the big leagues, you can see his adjustments, especially on breaking balls. That's why we want those at-bats from him, so he can take this portfolio from 2019 and go into the offseason, and he has something to work on. He's yep. had a game plan. Yep, yep. And, and, and I just I don't want to wait till 2020 for for Robert to, to for that to be, you know, collecting at-bats and swings and making mistakes. Hell, he's still going to make mistakes, right. but I'd, I'd like to hit him to have something to go into the off season with. Yeah, for know? sure, for sure. Um, all right, uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, just some of the just you know pitching woes. You know, you mentioned Lopez earlier. Lopez did have a pretty good start in Oakland. Um, you know, they they should have won that game. They lost. Ridiculous way to end the game and a, and a horrible throwing error from a guy that's not going to be playing that position in the future. But, you know, Lopez put in six innings, zero earned runs, seven strikeouts, two walks. So he said he was going to be a different Lopez, and he came out, you know, as a different Lopez. Sox just didn't give him any offense. Right. Uh, that's got to be promising. Hey, I, Ed, we, we had our Lopez episode a couple um, episodes ago. We, we talked about him quite a bit. Hey, listen, if, if he can turn it around – there's nothing wrong with that because that guy can give you innings and it, you know, you don't want to have to completely recreate this rotation from, from, from scratch. So if, if he can be there next year and he can be your fifth, fourth or yeah. fifth starter and give you innings. Mm -hmm. Great. I, I still don't know that the numbers bear that out, but this is a promising uh, sign in terms yeah. of what his second half could look we, like. We've seen pitchers. Um, I mean, in this city, you know, try to try figure it out and it, it takes them some time. They hit lulls yeah. and, but that, you know, they always have it in them, right? You know, it's just, they, they just, there's something that some switch is not turned on or, or not at full blast. And I just, with the eye test alone for Lopez, I just don't want to give up on the guy. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's got too much talent and the makeup is there. Uh, you, you just, the results haven't been, been following. Right. Uh, so uh, he's going to pitch against Tampa Bay this weekend in Tampa, and that's going to be a test, man. Yeah. Unfortunate. I wish he had a few more good outings under his belt to go into Tampa, but I I'm happy with what I saw uh, you know, from him uh, in Oakland. So is it going to be a tale of two halves with, uh, with, with, with Giolito? You know, I, I'm worried about that. You know, he's struggling. And I, and I feel like, you know, he's struggling because he's trying to be perfect. Mm -hmm. He feels like, you know, he's, he's got he's to limit his, his runs. He's got to, you know, he, you know he's, he's nipping a little bit too much at corners. Um, you know, last start was, uh, you know, six innings, but he gave up four and a half earned runs. Um, I, I don't know. I, especially against Kansas City, I was really disappointed in that. Yeah. You know, I... I hopefully we had more offense for him, but yeah, it looks like he's just trying to, he's just, he's trying to wear that all-star crown and it's a little heavy for him right now. 
That's tough. Uh, you know, hopefully he can do the same thing as as Lopez in terms of having a better, you know, get, getting back on track for for a, a decent second half. And he's and he's supposed to go against so against Tampa this coming weekend, which is which is a big series. It's Tampa's a, it's a tough a huge team. Ser- man. I mean, well, it's it's an even bigger series now based on what they did in the in the previous two series for sure. And one of the reasons why it's, it looms large is most likely we're going to have a Lopez Giolito cease pitching matchup. Lopez and Giolito have been announced. Uh, I haven't heard the Sunday started, but I, I'm assuming it's going to be cease. Now those three guys going against a, a tough team like Tampa, they're your 2020 guys. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So th- that that's a, that's an interesting series to watch for that reason alone, because these are the future guys, man. These are these are who we're supposed to be building with. Yeah, and and you could argue that Giolito and Lopez, it, they're they're already here in terms of their professional careers. Cease is the one who's still kind of yeah. Trying we got to be come patient around. with this guy. You got to be patient with him, but you should be able to count on Giolito and Lopez for yeah. wins. Yeah, or at um, least quality starts. Quality starts for sure. Um, do you wanna you wanna hit this voicemail? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, absolutely. We, we had a fun feature uh, through Anchor. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. It's uh, an option to leave a voicemail for us, and all you have to do is go to Anchor.fm/good-guys-talk-back, and then there's a button that says "Leave a voicemail," and boom, you can talk to yeah. us and and leave us a comment and. Somebody did this yeah. last week. It was John Kendra, and he had a, a question for mm-hmm. us yeah. about our discussion around the All Star game, game. Yeah. And, yeah. and and ratings. So let's take a listen to yeah. that. Hey guys, love your podcast and the work you guys do. Um, just a quick question because I agree with you guys on loving to watch the All Star game when I was a kid in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, running in to see the uh, the All Stars play. Obviously, the ratings are down for the All Star game. And I'm uh, just wondering kind of you guys' take on what might be the cause of that. I know some people say it's due to interleague play, but I'm with the mindset that it's actually due to things like the MLB.com where you can pull up any game from any area at any time and just kind of watch the, uh, the people that you normally wouldn't be able to see back in the day play. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts on that, cord cutting or interleague play. Again, keep up the good work. Enjoy it. And uh Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, great point by uh, by John. Um, you know, the draw to watch an All Star game is completely gone away because of interleague play. Right. Yeah. Okay. That that used to be the biggest pull before interleague play. Oh my goodness, you're going to see some. You know, you're going to see Clemens against. You know some of the you know elites, right? And, and right. the other way around, and you know McGuire against some of these guys or Sosa or whatever. You know, pick your power hitter, pick your power pitcher. Yeah, for sure. And and, and that you know that definitely went away. But I, I, John's point of what you can do MLB at bat and how you literally can get uh, any game you want out of market at any point there's something to be said in that, you know, yeah. like MLB is kind of playing around in two different worlds here. Is like, is viewership really important to them because they're giving you everything. Right. You know, and if attendance is really important to them, well, we, I have access to every single game and, and any single highlight and in-game analysis. And, you know, it, it, I don't know what your take on that Jeff is, but I, I like John's comments and, and MLB at Batman, it's a great service, but what, what's my draw to watch? You know some of these the, the, these matchups. We're definitely spoiled in the modern oh, era of, sure. of digital and and technology and access and you know having a supercomputer in your hand via your iPhone or, or or whatever whatever brand you use. I think John makes a really good point about about those things, but it also made me wonder how much of this is sports specific too, because you can do the same kind of drop ins and look ins with the NBA you and can. with with NFL yeah. Oh, and yeah. with yeah. with with NHL, just yeah. looking at the big four. But you know, NHL, even though hockey, we we're both hockey fans, sure. love watching hockey. They're still relatively low on the yeah. low overall in terms mm-hmm. of viewership as a sport, let yeah. alone their all-star sure. game, you know, football, football is King 
Uh, everybody watches football. It's, it's it's arguably the number one viewed sport in in America. Nobody watches their All Star game, their 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 Pro Bowl, because yeah. it really means it's nothing. Yeah. And then uh, people love the NBA. NBA is viewed, um, you know, it, incredibly both in the country and and and, and worldwide. And I, I don't know if their All Star game is watched. It, it seems like it is uh, qu- quite a bit. I, so I, I I just wonder how much of that is is the the digital tech piece of it because that affects all sports mm-hmm. versus other things that aren't equal amongst yeah. the sports. It's it's how we view. Uh, it's definitely how we view a game and how we get our information in in, in general. Why am I going to sit down for a three hour game? When I'm going to get the, you know, I'm going to get the the packaged little neat summary uh, through wherever I get my information that's edited for me perfectly. You know, the Sox do it. You know, you go to NBC Sports Chicago and you got the Sox in right. 60 seconds. Right. I mean, they for take sure. the game for sure. and they just break it down for you. And if you're just looking to just skim and you just kind of want something to talk about with people and just get an idea of what happened last night. What are you going to sit there and watch the game for? And right. few people are doing that. Well, and also, too, I think that as we talk about, we're, we still use traditional language to measure viewership or engagement with the sport. We talk about ratings, but mm-hmm. it, do TV, and I'm, I'm using air quotes, do TV ratings matter or does engagement matter? Does number of hits on the MLB app um, mm-hmm. or engagement with with MLB content, whether it's through YouTube or through through the team site or maybe through some other um, yeah. content platform? When you when you take all of that mm-hmm. and put it together, does that tell a different story about ratings uh, for for? Yeah for lack of a better yeah. term. I, I I don't know, but I will say I really appreciated John yeah, absolutely. jumping on. Yeah. We would love to feature more of those yeah. uh, voicemail comments mm-hmm. on the podcast. So make sure you go to anchor.fm and look us up. Good guys talk back. You can put it right into the search bar and then you'll be able to leave a voicemail mm-hmm. comment there and We'll uh, listen to it yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and find that Facebook page as well and uh, shoot us a question or comment there. And you can always find us on Twitter at GoodGuysTB. Um, hey, gonna, okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, yeah. are you going to any of these uh, games coming up in the homestand? Because there's some good... There's some good giveaways in, yeah. in here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll be at uh, next... Well, uh, Tuesday, uh, the Marlins game, and then Friday, that game one of the Twins series, okay. which should be interesting. That might be a fireworks night. But yeah, they got some good stuff coming up. That's actually the second game of oh, okay. the, of, of the it's, Twins it's series. It's a four-game series. Country music night and post-game fireworks. Oh, well, you know, so, that's just... <laughs> you, that, that is me. right up oh, your alley. Yeah. I'm actually going to the Monday night Marlins game. Are you really? So, yeah, good for you. Yeah. It'll Excellent. be actually. I think it's my first Sox game without you. So uh, well, I think I've coached you up pretty well. You've got some gear now. Um, you, not you, not ever, but my, my first one since we started the podcast. <laughs> you know how to get going there. alone. I do. Yeah, uh, and I'm going right to the speed pitch. Uh, so don't don't, you, hey, don't you, you worry about what that. What was it? Forty three miles per hour. <laughs> no, I think it was forty five. Okay, so. I want you. I I demand a photo, uh, some evidence <laughs> of whatever you throw. There's uh, another good one too on the Saturday of the of of the twins game marvel superhero night white Sox spider-man bobblehead that's that's awesome yeah they've got some fun promotions uh you know they'll be back in town it feels like forever uh since they've been playing games on the south side so get on out there and it's going to be a big nine games depending on how the rest of this road trip pans out that that could be the the end of the season right there you know we should make another a terrible prediction that we can come back and re-rack two weeks from now. Yeah, I, I, uh, that Miami, Minnesota, and New York Mets. Uh, let, let's keep it at Tampa Bay right now because I had said one out of three from Tampa. Did you make a Tampa prediction? Well, no, but my thought was you said six and four yeah. out of that stretch of games, and I just said seven and three would be yeah. nice. And yeah. now I'm hoping that maybe we could just do three and seven. <laughs> Okay. And, you know, I'm changing so, mine to two out of three because I with Lopez. You want Giolito, two out of three from from with, the Rays. With Lopez, Giolito, and Cease. I'm changing to two out of three. I, I, I'm a I'm a mess. Like I, I just, love your enthusiasm. I'm telling <laughs> you, man. I just keep going for the hit. Give me the hit. Give me the hit. I need the juice, man. And I just uh, I'm addicted. I so, just can't I can't shake it. Here's my thing. If if this 
KC game shakes out the way it's looking right now, and it's two nothing in the fourth. God. I think bottom of the score fourth. some runs. I, I'm I'm gonna say then maybe they come back and win the um, Thursday game against the Royals, and then and maybe their shorts. And their yeah, in the in the cutoff shorts, shorts yeah. and then maybe win one game in in Tampa. Okay, all right. Blah. That well, sounds awful. <laughs> I don't hear you make that noise too often, so it, it must have felt terrible. Um, we're going to wrap up here on Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If this was your first time listening, we appreciate that. Pass it along. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, it is fan-centric. It is blue-collar. It is all Chicago White Sox. Uh, for Jeff Julian, I am Nick Morowski. Go Sox. Go Sox.